If you're wondering why you're hearing weak old Aaron Donald contract takes, it's because Brad didn't edit in the addendum I recorded last week. Welcome to And The Kick Is Good. Tucker, it will be the longest in NFL history if it's good. A 66-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good! Crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good! Time has expired. Justin Tucker... Hello, and welcome to episode 91 of the And The Kick Is Good podcast. My name's Tom, and I'm joined as usual by Brad and Colin. Very almost said Brollum and Cad. Say hello, guys. Hi, Brollum. Correct. (laughs) Um, it has been a week yet again. Um, we actually have some news to talk about. There have been some extensions and yet again, a member of the Washington commanders has outed himself as being a massive racist. Um, but before we get into all of that and a few other kind of lists and games we have for this week, Brad, I have to ask you as I do every week, how has your week been? It's been a week. I finally worked a five-day week for the first time in about a month because of being on holiday and being ill so much. That was an experience. It's amazing how much work you can get done <laughs> when you're not ill or preparing to not be at work. That's what they say. They do say if you work yes. all the time, you get more work done. Ah, well, they're smart, those people that well, say that. Certain experiments are going on right now, yeah, which week, uh, right? are looking at, f- yeah, <laughs> would challenge that notion. Yes, yeah, well, to, to those scientists and, and heavily educated researchers, I say, you're talking shit. Colin. Well, oh, there is also an experiment going on for you, isn't there, Tom, in that you're not working. Oh, yes, yeah, I'm literally so, <laughs> so, not working at all. Stay at home, Dad. Yeah, I'll have Still you makes know, me edit the podcast. Um, for those at home Tom's bio on Facebook does say full time daddy does it actually Uh, (laughs) shows you how much I've actually put on my Facebook I've no idea no but Shiv if you listen to this there's your goal (laughs) for the week (laughs) Colin um, you to my knowledge are only parent to a cactus so so how has your your week been wow big development there Went to a garden centre yesterday. Oh my god! Bought a coca, bought a coca plant. Now, when you say cocoa plant, are we talking like hot chocolate, or are you going to be in dangerous situations from now on? I'm saying, uh, if the police are listening to this, it's a cocoa plant. Uh, yes, in the news this week, um, we will start off with news that broke literally a week ago. Um, Aaron Donald gets his pay increase, which is the important way to word it. Um, Colm or Brad, do you want to start off on this? Um, and then I can oh, talk Just to say, uh, take on bridge with the intro, yeah. Uh, I didn't get my pay increase, which is why I didn't work overtime <laughs> for you. And why we're talking about this now, exactly. all right? It wasn't overtime. I, mailed, I emailed them to you on the same <laughs> night. It would have been the same day you were editing it, you cheeky fuck. I sneakily adopt the uh, column strategy of when it's done, it's done, it's in the book, so I'm not revisiting it. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't do it until Saturday. 
<laughs> and that's besides the point. Right, okay. uh, <laughs> good, good Aaron Donald got paid, by the way. Uh, should we talk about that? Feel free. Uh, he makes a lot of money, uh, is no longer set to retire. Uh, thus, Tom takes up a, a, a second win in the Aaron column of faking retirement rumours just for the sake <laughs> of getting paid, um, which is fine for him. Uh, yeah, he's now the most paid non-QB in history in football, I believe, from just from you know what the numbers on the <laughs> from what the numbers on the headlines say, yeah. from what he'll get paid in reality, who knows. I'm sure Tom will break us down in five years uh, an accountant's level work of, well, Aaron Donald's actually only paid, you know, 13 million or whatever it was. So, yeah, big believe, money for a big player. I believe the contract was a three year, $95 million extension. Incorrect. Uh, 60, 65, <laughs> which uh, in guarantees, 46.5 is guaranteed at signing. So, um,. Yes, some of the numbers you just said were correct. Um, That's what Mike Florio is reporting, and if you disagree with that, then you're calling him a liar. <laughs> so it's not a three-year extension. That's the That was one of the most interesting parts of this, is that they basically just gave him more money. <laughs> they did tack on um, two extra void years, um, so that the, the contract does, on paper, run until 2026, However, he is only contracted to the Rams until 2024, which is this season, next season, and the season after. Um, in terms of, of cash earnings, as you were referring to, Brad, he was due to earn um, just, where are we, $19 million this year. Um, sorry, correction, $14 million. He now earns $31 million. Next year, he was due to earn 19 He now earns $28 um, And then... Then he kind of has an option at that point. Um, he can basically retire after 2023. And to quote Florio, there are no serious financial ramifications if that is the choice. Um, there's a 2024 roster bonus that is um, kind of due in 2024. It's an option bonus. So like there has to be a bunch of agreements for him to see the third year. Or he could see the third year and then walk into free agency at the age of 33 and maybe get one last fairly large payday. Um, but this is a Rams deal through and through in terms of there being two large bonuses, a roster bonus, then an option, uh, sorry, a signing bonus, and then a roster bonus. Um, but the key takeaway is that this is still only like a two-year deal. For Donald, he is still looking at this year and next year, and he has basically doubled his cash in any year that he plays um, from what his old deal was. Those are kind of the key takeaways. The, the other thing that I really wanted to to kind of nail on this is, as you like, you brought up Mike Mike Florio column from from Pro Football Talk. He had these details immediately. He had. He kind of broke it on Twitter. He, he said something along the lines of, I'm expecting news of an Aaron Donald extension within 30 minutes. And that was before Schefter, before Rap Sheet, like before anybody else. So he has someone either really close to the Rams or someone really close to Aaron Donald. And that's just one of those little things that I'm going to file in the back of my head for the next time he starts saying stuff about either Donald or the Rams and kind of hinting at things because there are guys with contacts and, and I don't think you kind of 
you don't have that news to sort of pseudo break if you're not very close with someone inside. Fair, yeah, I agree with that. Mike Florio, Rams beat reporter, got it. Uh, ignore everything else does for all other 31 other teams. Um, Colm, I have uh, just a couple things. Uh, first of all, as the resident cap guru, I'm just, uh, in myself, I'm struggling to fathom just how the cap is real uh, in this situation. Is there any input that you may have on that? Yeah, so actually there's quite, something quite interesting on Pat McAfee's show. I think it was Andrew Brandt, who is the former uh, GM for the Packers, was talking about why it's more about cash over cap and how teams can effectively pump like $400 million into a season uh, and do that kind of frequent, you know, each season basically. And, it, you know, you not go over the cap limit. Um, yeah, and you know, I think it was very interesting to hear someone actually give that sort of take uh, on a, you know, NFL show. I don't think anyone's ever talked about it like that before, and it's a really revolutionary way of looking at the NFL. <laughs> That's fair. It's also That's wrong. Fair. I agree with that. <laughs> In terms of, yes, a lot of it is about cash, um, and there are cash richer teams than others that will be able to make more moves, but. I think it's really important to look at the Saints in this exercise. And when people say the cap isn't real, look at the amount of names that the Saints have just had to let go in the last four to five years um, through free agency because of trying to keep Breeze in his prime. Oh, sorry, Breeze on the roster along with kind of a roster that could win alongside it. So obviously they lost Teron Armstead this year. Um, they lost um, Trey Hendrickson. Tom's going to go on about Trey Hendrickson, <laughs> Trey again, Hendrickson yeah. last year. Um, if I just quickly go to 2020 and see if there's any names that pop out on the screen there. Um, there's just so many players, Colm, that he has to look at a list rather than just being able to name them. Well, yeah, I mean, we're talking three, three years ago leaving <laughs> leaving the Saints in free agency. Unfortunately, it doesn't come straight to my mind. Um, but got, uh, Von Bell left, AJ Klein left. Um, that was 2020. So they were just like veteran guys who would make NFL rosters um you know significantly kind of notable names sorry I'm just trying to read at the same time um they let go of Mark Ingram in 2019 which okay Mark Ingram in 2022 is a a very different beast to Mark Ingram in 2019 um so yeah I, I think yes you can keep the the absolute cream of the crop guys on the roster for as long as you want your Aaron Donalds your to spoil it, Cooper Cup, etc. But it's the it's the kind of the group around them that you then struggle. That the the average NFL starters or the slightly better than average NFL starters, when those veteran contracts come up, or the second vet contracts come up, and their general play is better statistically because they're surrounded by guys like Aaron Donald, etc. Then you can't afford to pay that because you're paying these other guys. So. Yes and no. However, the cap definitely is real and it definitely has an implication on teams. So, just to, not to undermine everything you've just said for the past five minutes there, Tom, but Colm, who would you trust more? <laughs> Say a you. former NFL general manager... Oh, there's who, another option. Okay. Yeah, who dealt with this on the daily for, for many years, or a man with a Spot Track Plus subscription, or whatever <laughs> it's called. 
Yeah, I've got a feeling the guy that signed Aaron Rodgers to a rookie contract, that's the one I'm going to go with. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. So, congrats, Tom. Uh, Colm's signing with you for once. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, we've come a long way, but it's nice to know that we can, uh, we can band together in these tough times. Uh, shall we talk <laughs> about Cooper Cup? Yes. Fine, but be aware I am going to recycle a lot of the same talking points I just gave about Aaron Donald. Okay, let's just not throw it to you then. That's nice and easy. Um, Cooper Cup signed a three-year, $80 million contract with the Rams. Um, it included a $20 million signing bonus and $75 million totally guaranteed. However, only 35 of that is guaranteed at signing. Um, if you want to look at average yearly salary of the New Year's and new money, that comes to $26.7 million, which that is kind of second tier wide receiver money in a weird way um perhaps it's like 1.5 um but for the mvp of the super bowl um the guy that won the triple crown in the regular season and a guy that's literally just turned 28 um in fact 5 days ago so it might have been on his birthday he signed the extension um, like this, this he could have gone in and, and demanded like thirty-two, thirty-three million dollars a year. Um, and having traded Robert Woods away, they might not have been able to do too much about it. So, in terms of taking a team-friendly deal, that's kind of what this is. Um, again, has the signing bonus, has a roster bonus that kicks in next year, so that they get that double payday. So Cooper Cup's yearly cash earnings are thirty mil this year, and then twenty mil for the next four years. Um, big, big money. Just go on. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to call Tom out on uh, something here. Uh, the Super Bowl MVP last year was in fact Matt Stafford. Was it actually? Pretty sure it was. No, it was Cup. That doesn't sound right. It's always a QB, isn't it? <laughs> um, we now cut to us feverishly typing. Uh, as we find out who the Super Bowl MVP was, <laughs> I'm willing. I'm willing to bet, Colin. How much? How much sort of? Well, well, I'll tell you this: the true MVP, yes, that was Cup. The person who I'm assuming actually got the trophy and the, you know, going to Disneyland thing, I'm, I'm feeling was Matt Stafford. Isn't going to Disneyland the whole team? That isn't the MVP. What we, what we putting on this? Come well, on. the one that gets to say it. Let's put the stakes on Kinda it. Let's gold. go. A fiver? A pint? That's uh, about the same thing. I can't be... I, I don't care. So, so you, you interrupted and brought it up, yeah. <laughs> and then you don't... You, you believed in it so little. You're not backing out now. You're taking the bet. A, a, a beverage. Fine. All right. Tom's... 20 grand. <laughs> well, I... I... <laughs> Tom? Yes? I advise you to take that gambit. Um, no, instead, Colin, <laughs> the, the, the winner of the bet gets to uh, design a t-shirt that the other one has to wear at our fantasy draft. There you go. No. No, I disagree. <laughs> you're making... Colin, you're missing out on an opportunity... Oh, wait, no, no, no. Yeah, you're missing out on an opportunity to make Tom design a t-shirt for once. <laughs> That's so true. He would have... <laughs> there would be a point where Tom would go, oh, I have to pay for this as well. This is actually... <laughs> yes. For a bit, is a lot of money. Nah, Colin. I said I'm still waiting for Brad to give me the um, cameo for um, was it Azizo Jalari or was it um, no Levi Omuzurike? Zurike. I'm still waiting for Brad to tell me what he wants Levi Omuzurike to say, and I'll pay for that. Listen, if when I one thing when I'll I figure out bits, all right. 
when I figure out my number one overall pick in the draft, that's when I will <laughs> get you. I don't know if there's an emergency turnaround option with Levi and Zurike's cameos, but preferably there is. What can he possibly be doing? <laughs> I'm going to say now. <laughs> yeah, I'd say probably best to get it sorted before camp, mate. There is. Uh... Oh, yeah. We've gone down a rabbit hole of things that literally only uh, we care about. So prop bets. Right, anyway, Colm, you owe Tom a drink. <laughs> Cooper Cup was Super Bowl MVP. I'll have a mega pint of wine, please. But uh, in news, that it, yeah, this contract is a decent contract for the second best wide, wide receiver in the league. Uh, <laughs> but the second but best he, what type of wide receiver, sorry? White wide receiver yeah, no, it, in the it league. Was, uh, sorry, sorry, Renfro reference, Colm. <laughs> he didn't just over his words. Uh, this is the this is the second best contract given to a scrappy gym rat uh, <laughs> this week because Hunter Renfro took an even better team friendlier deal in two years thirty two million dollars which that feels like a massive steal comparative to what's going on around the league right like Renfro is the the secret to making that like he's the X factor of that offense. D- does Derek sense Carr that... just like give his wide receivers cocaine and hookers or something? Because <laughs> you've, got, you've got Devontae Adams, who was desperate apparently to be traded there, and now Hunter Renfro is taking insane team-friendly deals to stick around with Derek Carr, who I like, but he's not exactly a like A-list QB to play with, right? Yeah, uh, it... I don't know what he's setting up for or what they know, but like Darren Waller is about to take like a ridiculously low-paying deal, <laughs> I imagine as well, like just to stay in uh, to Vegas. It's the only thing I can think of is like Vegas money wants the Raiders to be good, so there's other say sponsorships <laughs> that may come Go in. On. <laughs> That account for that account for it's a part of a player's salary. So we, we haven't actually said that Renfro signed a two-year, thirty-two million dollar extension. Um, I did. Did you? I thought you just said he took yes. team friendly. Yes, I included that in my in my ramble. Oh, well, I uh, but yeah, <laughs> I know we did conspiracies and hot takes a couple of weeks back, but a player's wage being subsidised by sponsorships of the local area. I feel like that one's a, could be a fairly slam dunk, right? <laughs> like... um, we haven't actually got any structure on this one yet, so I can't go on for five minutes about it. But um, it will be interesting to see how that's kind of spread around. I guess one of the things to look for with the Raiders is what is going to happen at their quarterback position. Um, because although they extended Derek Carr, they kind of didn't actually commit financially to him for any sort of decent length of time. Um so that would be interesting if all these wide receivers were like, yeah, we'll go play with Derek. And then in a year's time, they were like, oh, <laughs> Derek's gone. <laughs> and now suddenly we've got this QB who isn't plying us with gifts and, and things like that. So, yeah. To be fair, not having contract structure does tie up well with the Raiders who currently don't have much of an internal organizational <laughs> structure. We just cast our minds back a few weeks ago when they fired nearly everyone. Yeah. I am. Um, this this though is just commitment to the AFC West being bonkers. Like obviously they were going to have Renfro like regardless, but um, yeah. Every time there's a bit of news that comes out of that division, it's like I just want to watch these games every single week. I what do you think is more likely in like the next two drafts? 
for the AFC West that there's a complete run on secondaries or they just keep going balls to the wall with more offensive talent? <laughs> um, I think they're just going to acquire um, numerous franchise quarterbacks each and run Collins' vaunted 2QB system. That's, that's yes. Yes. You're gonna have you're gonna have Russell Wilson and the still like limp body of Aaron Rodgers for a year. Um, plus, I don't know. I can't even think of another franchise quarterback. Brady. Brady. Still, Daniel Brady, Jones will Brady be available still. soon. <laughs> yeah, but you don't need a backup as well. All right, you've got two quarterbacks. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, who, who did you draft again? <laughs> well, there was two, <laughs> wasn't there? Uh, Kenny Pickett was the big name, but uh, Mason Rudolph, he's available. They can... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny Pickett will be available in the AFC West yeah, soon. Yeah, probably. I tell you who you might be able to get off a, a practice squad roster uh, come, you know, end of the seat or end of training camp. Brock Purdy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll be on the practice squad roster. I think Ooh. he'll be starting as he begins his Hall of Fame season. The USFL uh, doesn't start yeah. again until March, all right, Brad? As, as, as Colin put it on Twitter, Brock Purdy's going to be in the Hall of Fame in five years. We don't know how, but all we know is this season is going to be made of miracles for Brock God, Purdy. That, that one game that Brock Purdy starts this year, we are going to go for 90 minutes on that episode in a solid 80% of it's just going to be Brock Purdy breakdown. People laugh at my prediction that he's going to be in Canton in uh, five years' time. <laughs> but do they not realise they do tours? Yeah, they like, is he not allowed to <laughs> yeah. visit? Yeah. What is this? Exactly. Um, yes, speaking uh, of the 49ers, uh, a, a lesser-spotted Devo Samuel appeared. Um, he is going through kind of the mini-camp, etc., that's out there at the moment, um, which I believe has has or is turning mandatory. Um, which kind of explains why you are seeing some players turn up. However, some are not. Uh, notable kind of mention for Terry McLaurin, who is holding out of mandatory minicamps with the Washington... Uh, I was going to say Capitals, but that's ice hockey. Commanders is the ones I was looking for. Um, but yeah, anything you want to add to Devo Samuel turning up, Colin? Glad he's there. Um, Rap Sheet is reporting that he believes... They've promised Debo that he won't be used at, like as a running back. He might get the odd carry, but you know he won't be the one carrying the load, which would obviously be beneficial to him long term in terms of getting that wide receiver contract and being paid at a more valuable position. Uh, still no word on what the contract's going to look like for him, if he is indeed going to get uh, a big new contract this year. Maybe, you know, clearly some sort of agreement's uh, been made, a peace between the team, the organisation and him. What exactly that looks like still remains to be seen. Well, that or he forfeits like a hundred grand for every practice he misses during minicamp, so that probably has mm-hmm. something to do with it as well. If I had to guess, yes, yes, M- money is a very big factor when you're currently not getting paid a lot of money comparatively to your market value. Um, apply basically everything we've just said to Lamar Jackson, who has turned up at Ravens minicamp. Um, Again, I don't think we need to go into that. That basically is exactly the same situation in terms of waiting for a, for a contract extension. And it, it sounds as though, in terms of there being no new noise, that the Ravens have offered him something and he has turned it down and that's where they stand. Yes, there is money in the Lamar Jackson stand. 
and he will get paid it at some point. We just don't know what, how much, or when. But is he still negotiating his own contract? Yes. I just don't feel like that's going to go well. Well, I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I assume he has people around him, right, in terms of financial advisors, etc. But I think probably the big plus of not having an agent is you're not signing away a percentage as soon as you sign, right? And if you've just got these yeah. financial advisors on tick and he's just paying them, you know, a consultancy fee or, a, you know, a weekly, monthly, you know, whatever, then it means that whole signing bonus that he gets is his plus, you know, or minus a significant percentage that the government will cut. But Yeah, but doesn't that feel like the people around him, like, do that, like... Surely it has to be a shit-hot, like, financial advisor, right? And not, like, the usual, like, oh, yeah, it's my uncle, Bob, who, you know, he <laughs> once did accounting for an underground betting firm. You're like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> and I, I think, he's going to get paid? he's just looking at this in terms of if he plays out this one year and takes slightly less than the market value, um, and then the Ravens have to either... You know, give him an insane deal next year or franchise tag him because I cannot believe there's a chance they let Lamar Jackson walk. Um, and then he's in exactly the same position that next year and he just gets to play the franchise tag game until it gets to like $50 million a year, like cash, fully guaranteed, easy as that. And and the, the risk that you play or the, the perceived risk that there is is obviously injury, but we have seen numerous quarterbacks get injured and still come back and, and make huge amounts of money like it's really not kind of that career ending you know no team is going to take you seriously because it's the one position where Peyton Manning's neck basically exploded and yet he was in Denver basically a year later earning all the money he would have normally yeah I'm not saying it's related but his wife was getting some good shipments of some good stuff you know (laughs) to help out yeah but my, my point more being is that you know, injuries happen to quarterbacks and they continue to get paid. Okay, but hypothetical for you, Tom. Lamar Jackson has to miss another, let's say, two drives this season because he has a dicky tummy. How much does that take off his market value? Well, probably not. Well, so, his market value from teams, maybe a little bit, but that IBS um, sponsorship he'll get, well, he'll just re-keep everything <laughs> from that. So, yeah, he'll be all right. Do you reckon he's going to be doing those Jamie Lee Curtis, like, activity yoga? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> wasn't it, wasn't it next... Cam and Deshaun Watson that did those, like, the equivalent yogurts in, in uh, America? I'm trying to remember what they were. Anyway. Yeah. New York Times has done a report that said Deshaun Watson engaged with 66 masseurs in 17 months while he was with the Texans. The Texans set him up with NDAs and a hotel room for his massages. Um, if you were to guess, you uh, you know, at how many masseurs you would need to go through in an 18-month period, 66 sounds like a quite high number, right? Yes. Uh, yes, <laughs> especially when you consider they had been issued with NDAs. Like, that's... Yeah. Look, they're, they're, if it was five and the allegations hadn't come out, I could probably make an argument for perhaps there is an underlying injury concern and they don't want it coming out because uh, it could influence how teams game plan for Deshaun Watson and the Texans. 
However, sure. when there's, as you say, 66 and all the allegations have been made, then it becomes very difficult to find a different plausible reason for them to have been issued. Which obviously yeah. brings on the huge question of like how how compliant in all of this are the Texans? The Texans have now been added to one of the latest lawsuits saying that they, you know, had a duty of care to, you know, not release a predator <laughs> into the world, essentially. Mike Florio made a really fantastic point, actually, when I was watching his show, that the Texans being added to it, if it's about, you know, duty of care, they will say, we're not liable for his criminal behavior, right? You know, what that actually, we don't have that duty. Whatever shit he did is on him. And that actually makes things a lot worse for Deshaun Watson that his former employers are saying, you know, yeah, it sounds shady as hell what he was doing, but it ain't on us. Yeah, just and also the fact that Texans have been added, you know, adding the, the NFL knowing that there's now a liability risk for them, not, you know, just with players, but, you know, with a team, really going to put, you know, push hard for, you know, Watson getting, you know, settling large band, whatever it is, to make that bad PR go away. Before we get off of the point that you just made about Florio, I think we'll quickly dip into the fact that there is this possibility around um, the voiding language in the Browns contract that he has, where and the the specific statement of the contract has not been released to the public, but there is a part that references this statement in terms of the 22 cases that there originally were. And then as we covered on last week's show, um, there have been a 23rd and a 24th women that have come forward. And there is basically it refers to the guarantees not voiding based upon the 22 previous cases. So there is a chance that the Browns might go after his guaranteed money if everything goes terribly, um, from a footballing standpoint. Um, and, and because of these 23rd and 24th accusations, and therefore they might be able to get out of it kind of financially scot-free, although they have given up a numerous draft picks, which kind of brings me back to this situation where should some of those draft picks be voided entirely because it sounds like the Texans must have known that something was going on. Both teams need to get fucked on this one. <laughs> like, financially, picks-wise, everything. The absolute last thing I want is the Browns being able to offer some other contract, you know, some other quarterback an absolute mega contract, which allows them to, you know, sort of make peace of the fact that they're signing for the Browns. Uh, and all of that entails and what the front office entails, right? Like, it's not unbelievable that the Browns then say, cool, we need to start offering 55 to 60 million to get a, a top quarterback in the door. Like, and there's enough offense, you know, offensive power there that you're probably going to win as well. So, if they can't get out of the contract, great. Uh, if they yeah. don't have their picks, great. If the Texans don't get the picks, great. Like, because there's no way... I know what you said, Colin, about criminally. Oh, we're not responsible for him criminally. Yes, but in the office of, you know, the judge's office of Judge Roger, 
doesn't really need to be anything criminal when there's a massive ethical issue of you getting to sign 66 NDAs and act like you had no idea what was going on. Like, that's two, bollocks. Two final points I'll make, and we'll move on to the you know the next uh, upbeat story. But one, how shit of an organisation do you need to be where you sign someone to a $230 million guaranteed contract, fully guaranteed contract, knowing there's 22 sexual assault allegations against them, but you get nervous at the 23rd and 24th. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you as an organisation of Browns, if that's the problem? To not defend them, okay, but to, to (laughs) to play devil's advocate, they will claim that they looked into and asked Deshaun Watson about the 22, up to the 22, and they were comfortable with the answers that were given from that. However, their claim will then be that the 23rd and 24th ones, you know, presented some new information or perhaps in the, you know, in the background, they'll say, wow, we didn't expect to get this much heat for this. So perhaps we just need to bite the bullet, eat it and get rid of him. Especially now we can claim all that guaranteed money back. You know, although we won't make a big deal of that publicly, we will obviously be trying to claim that back. Obviously, it'd be the second one that, like that, that I can see happening. But at the same time, imagine being so comfortable giving someone that contract and knowing ha- how bad of a person they were, and then suddenly go, "As oh, a bit of feet, all oh, another allegations come out. That's our exit." And, and that, but that brings me to a question I put on Twitter, which is, do you honestly think Roger and the NFL are more annoyed with Deshaun Watson? or the Browns, as we sit here right now. Because if Deshaun Watson, in my belief, if Watson was still on the Texans, and was doing nothing, and was still highly unlikely to play this season, this would obviously still be getting push. But I don't think it would be getting nearly enough, because he wouldn't, you know, the the whole thing with Baker wouldn't have happened. The the Browns, who are one of those, like, sleepy franchises that people kind of liked because they were absolutely terrible, but kind of got a little bit feisty. Like, there's a lot of kind of baggage to this. But the Browns were the were the team that made it happen now and have kind of forced the NFL's hand into making something happen before all of these civil cases are likely to be resolved. If if, well, if it yeah, waited until I'm... next summer and he was still on the Texans, they could have waited until all the civil cases were resolved and go from there. But but the, but the Browns have, have forced them into action more than likely. And I think that's, that's where it's going to come from, is they are going to want to punish the Browns more than Watson, even though Watson is obviously kind of the individual at fault here. Yeah, I mean, the Texans last year must have been Rogers' favourite team because they they were willing to eat uh, Watson's salary for that year and just make him an inact- uh, you know a game day inactive every game. And the fact that he didn't force Rogers' hand into making a decision on suspensions or whatever, he must have been over the moon with that he could just like that could just but be the cynic, in the background. The cynic in me says that they did that because they knew what was going to come out or, or what was in the process of coming out because of all these NDAs. Again, you, you don't sign yeah. sixty-six NDAs for women, and then this allegations come out. Like, okay, Watson said he wasn't going to play, but equally, you know, they, they do you remember they had him come in and play safety for a couple of training camp practices, and then we're, then they were like, actually, this is fucking stupid. 
and they just kind of yeah. shut everything up. Like that to me is is because they went, we don't want this guy anywhere near our team when this start when the fallout starts to come because when this you know if this ever gets out about these 66 ndas and the things that we've been setting up like we're gonna look terrible and going into my final point i was gonna make (laughs) how badly must that relationship between watson and texan soured that the team that were providing him ndas you know paying for his hotel rooms so that he could get these massages and, you know, they presumably knew something about what was going on and why he needed a different masseur each week. You know, for that relationship to sour with a team that's effectively, you know, allowing him to do this predatory behaviour, allegedly, you know, what happened there, basically? And side note, paying for someone's hotel rooms so that they can get, you know, private massages, how does that work with the cap? Brad, that question's for you. I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> it's just... Tom, that question's now for you. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, I will feed on the scraps that Brad has left me. Um, no, shall we move on to the next unfortunate piece of press conference it... that happened this week? Fine, but I am I am legit curious about like ex like you know non cash benefits. And how that affects the cap, but that's just something we have to research on my own. Uh, it won't happen like that because it's that that will be along the lines of like extra physio appointments, etc. That will be covered oh, yeah. like health benefits or something. Sure. Yeah, it's in the job description when you sign up for it at the draft. It's like you know, twenty-five days annual leave, yeah, free cycle to work scheme, all that stuff. It's, it's Six, there, Sixty-six Tom. masseurs who sign NDAs. It's it's really <laughs> common actually. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the piece of shit that is Jack Del Rio as well? <laughs> it was a bad week for NFL PR, right? It's, it's uh, been a bad couple of months. So Jack Del Rio tweeted out several times in support of the January 6th insurrection uh, and everything that that entailed, uh, including, I believe, throwing... Uh, is he disputing various campaigns and slogans and everything? Uh, just in general, being a prick, which we covered previously. Uh, and then Ron Rivera had to lead a press conference with Jack Del Rio, right? And basically roll out the old standard. This person, you know, is, they understand what, what they sent was wrong, they've changed, etc. Uh, there's a fine in play. Uh, he's keeping his job. Uh, with the doing fine, all this by stuff. the way, has come directly from Ron Rivera, not like the team. So um, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like Ron Rivera, who is obviously of um, kind of a, a minor, minority background group, and and so yeah, pretty tense kind of working relationship I can imagine there um, where at the very least Rivera called him into his office and went yeah you can't fucking do that can you like read the fucking room right now don't don't call a, uh, an attempted coup a dust up that's bad PR and as a team that's experienced with bad PR we know bad PR when it happens yeah. <laughs> also <laughs> the DC police some of whom were like one of whom was murdered uh, during that as a DC team, they don't take kindly to the fact that we we might refer to it as a dust up. Yeah. So, 
please walk that back slightly. I mean, he, walk he back has a since lot of stuff. deactivated his Twitter account, etc. By the way, um, which uh, but is now active on Truth Social and Parlor. Uh, so you know, <laughs> the, everyone's a winner. It's just ridiculous. It's just uh, honestly, I don't know how he's how he's kept his job throughout that. Like, it's bad enough. It's bad enough, you know, as a single actor do it. But as Colm said, in the context of who he's coaching for and where his team plays, like, it boggles my mind that he's able to keep his job. Like, it's not. Also, that I'm going to put this out there. Terrible comments aside and everything. He's bad at his job, right? <laughs> <laughs> like he's their defensive coordinator, and that defense took a massive step back last what, year. What I was going to say is, if they are like two and six by week eight, it, it, their offense might be putting up three points a game. He's getting canned, right? He is the first one on the chopping block, regardless of what the issue is. <laughs> like they they could be holding teams to seven points a game. He's still going. Yep, yep, a hundred percent. And I mean, deservedly so, but obviously. Not, not for not for the reasons that we think. Uh, shall we move on to third <laughs> third person, as Colin has put it delightfully on the news run, is maybe a piece of shit, which <laughs> uh, is uh, not to be left out uh, and long since rumored piece of shit. Dean Spanos um, has uh, everything's reemerged with his sister. I believe this happened. Just before the season last season, was it? There was started to be some some inklings and some, some, some talk yeah. about yeah about what was going on uh, with regards to charities and financials. And turns out Dean Spanos and his brother uh, apparently have very outdated, archaic, misogynistic views of a woman's place in the working world and in the world in general. Uh, and this has pissed off uh, Spanos' sister. What's her name? Patricia. That uh, sounds to, to, no, look out. Who has decided to sue uh, Dean Spanos? No, Dean. Uh, Dean's sister is called D. Oh, as in okay. they've literally just taken the N off of Dean's name. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Some some George Foreman esque uh, naming conventions of your children there. Uh, but so yeah, D Spanos has. Um, sued her brother and now I believe there is it an active civil case right but this is going to drag on for a long time uh, by the looks of it unless they unless they settle this this could go on for a while yeah to, to, to while... quote Schefter D. Spanos Barbarian claims in her lawsuit that her brothers Dean and Michael Spanos quote believe to their cause that regardless of what their parents intended and their will specified men are in charge and women should shut up which feels fairly outdated to the tune of about 2,000 years yeah and so this on top of everything else is just uh, to quote a popular YouTuber, "Fuck you, Spanos." Like this, uh, the, the, I think the worst part is, is we've seen worse things not amount to any sort of uh, comeuppance. Dan Snyder's case, so this doesn't feel like it's gonna dislodge Dean Spanos from ownership unless. 
this bankrupts him in some way or you know forces him into financial trouble where he yeah. has to sell the team it's like Which, this, this an, an NFL owner being horrendously sexist should be like the shock of the of the off season and yet it's like cool that that might make the top 20 biggest headlines of this off season like maybe in terms of not, yeah. like not player related it is it is mad it's absolutely mind boggling yeah, if he does get forced into financial trouble and has to sell the team, uh, he'll have to commiserate himself with somewhere in the tune of three and a half to four and a half billion dollars. So, isn't that nice? So from the there, no. we'll go to <laughs> um, the, the the planned activity for this week. Um, yes, I I am prepared for this. It's okay. Yes, you, same. You just off the top of your head probably makes sense uh, makes more sense or makes it better to be honest um madden uh, there's been a lot of news recently there's kind of reveal streams and, and some of the ratings are being revealed and leaked etc um madden has uh, a like talent system of normal uh, star superstar and superstar x factor and superstar x factor is like they're you know shining the light on the best possible guys kind of in the game um, and they can have anywhere between like 25 and 40. And some of them I looked at, like Tyron Matthew, and I was like, mm. like <laughs> Tyron Matthew hasn't been a superstar X-Factor player in the league for like three to four years now. It feels a little bit kind of namey rather than actually kind of true-to-life representation. So I thought I would have a go at making my 25 superstar X-Factor um, players and I tried to, as I assume the Madden, Madden ratings guys do, spread them across all the different position groups. Because if not, you'd have like 12 quarterbacks probably and, and then like 13 to spread around the rest of the NFL. So I thought what we might do is go through like each position group and... Well, I've... we also have, there are the actual names of them if you want. So we can read them out. It might be easier, and they do sort of align with certain sure, skill so, groups anyway. So I, so I could, so we could almost do a comparison then, yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't have the full. I don't have the the list uh, of them individually, but I have the have them by name the abilities. Oh, oh no, okay, want. all right, no, 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 it's it's fine. No, no, I I meant just the players, so it's all right. Oh, okay, I, okay. I know what you mean about the, the abilities and that is fine. Yeah, yeah, I meant the abilities because that was that was the direction I took on this assignment. Uh, what about a different way to you? It's fine. It's fine. I think we've ended up at the same point. Well, so so for example, we'll start off a quarterback, right? And I basically discounted that there's only one guy that is going into his sophomore year. There's only one guy that was a rookie last year on my list. Um, and also, I tried to discount anyone that missed large portions of last season with injury, um, purely because cutting it down to 25 names is really fucking difficult. Um, <laughs> so, my three quarterbacks that I believe are like Superstar X Factor, and, and there's an element of like future growth to this as well. Um, but I have Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. And amazingly, <laughs> if you go back a year, the guy I was least kind of set on for this list was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Purely because of the struggles he seemed to have in terms of like beating cover two and things like that last season. Um, but there are a lot of other QBs that you could put in there. 
Is there anyone you three would drop out or that you would bang the table for to add as a fourth name to, to that? So, Colin, do you want to go first? Yeah, so... I mean, Bailey Zappi's an obvious one. But <laughs> I'll, I'll probably go Kyler Murray. You know, it, yes, injury concerns last year, but, you know, open field, he's a dangerous man and Madden loves a mobile QB. Fair enough. So the way I looked at this time was I looked at the individual abilities yeah. and then chose names I thought that would fit to them. Right, okay. Um, so ones that line up with quarterback, for example, or stuff like uh, Bazooka. Yeah, that's, that's uh, generation of arm like strength. Literal. Blitz, yeah, Blitz radar, defensive recognition, uh, gambler, takes calculated risks. Uh, and yeah, I, I felt all of those matched up kindly uh, with Daniel Jones' skill set. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think he's got a bazooka. He's got a, he's got a decent defensive recognition because he knows when the defender is hitting him. He, uh, when you when say when you say ball. he's got a bazooka, you mean bazooka gum, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, he threw that one deep ball to to beat the Saints last season, so that's all I needed to see. Uh, and takes calculated risks. Uh, no one said that his math was good, but they are risks and they are calculated in some capacity. Yeah. So like, that, like that slide he took after 50 yards against the Eagles that one time, right? <laughs> I'll have you know it was 80 and it makes me very sad. Uh, <laughs> so that's how I went along with sure. it. Okay, uh, but just for the re- are there any quarterbacks you would put into that and take out any others? or Daniel Jones. I mean, I, okay. I would that just add Kyler. Hard. Okay. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I, I was, was going to say, I, f- I find it interesting that you would put in Kyler over Herbert or um, Burrow or Lamar. But, that, you know, I, th- I think that might be the thing of you've, you watch him twice a year at least in terms of against your team. And so, like, you, you just have that kind of shuddering, he could do this to us element to him. Um, <laughs> so, running back is probably the most interesting position for me in terms of I have no one. Now, they will definitely have running backs that are superstar X-Factors. But what I tried to do was kind of create a tier of of players who were so far ahead of anybody else. And to me, I just kept on putting like question marks next to guys. So like Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry. Like that's a lot of names for to say that they stand out ahead of anybody else because like, I discounted injury, but you could put in Christian McCaffrey. You you have to put make an argument for Leonard Fournette off of last year to like put in that group. There is the you know the argument that Jonathan Taylor is above the other three of Chubb, Cook, and Henry, but it's running back, and it only takes two down games, and he falls back to the pack real quick. Am I out of order with that? Would you put any? You can't put Frank Gore in before either of you say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you put you know would you stand on the table for any running backs to be the standout superstar X Factor uh, Nick Chubb deserves one at least for uh, tackle breaking uh, I think yeah, Jonathan Taylor's and Fournette should be two uh, McCaffrey gets it because he's a fun Madden player yeah, I guess yeah. as opposed to what reality is uh, these days I mean, I'd say Nick Chubb is probably the one that I bang the most for Uh after, uh, I've nearly forgot myself, uh, Javante Williams uh, <laughs> should definitely be in there under various uh, guises. Freight train, satellite back, 
whatever you want to call it, uh, whatever the X Factor is, he deserves at least three of them. <laughs> Brad's love crush is one. Yes. Yeah. Column, any, any Forgive- takes on running back? Forgive me, do you see Alvin Kamara in there? Haven't said Kamara at all. He's another name. But I yeah. think that's kind of think- my point, is you can list like eight running backs, and if you can list eight and we're talking about the elite cream of the crop guys in the NFL, it, it kind of feels like it makes the argument for it. Well, I would say just in terms of pass catching ability, he's sure. probably one of the elites, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'd give him some sort of pass catching uh, X Factor thing. Yeah. And yeah, Fournette, obviously just giving some sort of like, is the future of the NFL <laughs> X Factor kind of thing. So uh, just on the skills position, the ability thing, again, how I approached it, um, freight train was one of them refuses to go down on first contact uh, wrecking ball don't avoid contact create it and truss uh, which is possession over all else now two out of three of those apply a lot to Daniel Jones uh, <laughs> so I would still play him for this position okay. uh, truss uh, which I assume is trust uh, is not one that you can do but he definitely makes contact when he could otherwise avoid it so I feel like that applies quite a lot to him uh and yeah does refuse to go down on first contact which is why he often gets injured so yeah daniel jones again it, for me is there a sneak factor uh there is not um, uh, and that was mike glennon uh, <laughs> other than that though um wide receiver sees a pretty big name left out but i went for um justin jefferson Devonte adams and cooper cup uh, hard to leave the Super Bowl MVP and Triple Crown winner off. Devontae Adams has been great for so long. And Justin Jefferson is just, he is like the next Devontae Adams. He's going to just dominate the, the NFL for a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, the big one of the big ones there is DeAndre Hopkins that you've missed, right? Like... Yeah, injury though. That was, that was kind of my big reason for yeah. leaving him out. Um, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is, is the name that, because that speed will kill, um, but I, I just over like those three guys. I would take them over Tyreek Hill for for my team. I mean, if I can throw two names at you, one's Hunter Renfro for you know shiftiness, and then I think you'd have to create some sort of X factor thing for Debo Samuel, where it's like, you... I, well, one it's like break tackle, and it's also like. Uh, you know, can play any position. Do you say you're based off of seven weeks? Is not therefore a superstar X factor. Like I just frankly refuse the notion. One of them is satellite, which is for dual threats. Cole, do you think someone you in the Forty ers front office is paying Madden <laughs> to give him that designation? Right, just just tag him for us, please. <laughs> It'd be very helpful if you did. Um, um, yeah, other than the names we spoke about, uh, again, abilities wise. Stuff like Jump Ball Pro, uh, Ankle Breaker, uh, and Max Security uh, are two big ones for, uh, well, three big ones for receivers. Once again, all of this applies to Daniel Jones, who had that sensational touchdown catch last year. So I think Daniel Jones has to get another three, Tom. Uh, and I don't think you could dispute it. <laughs> I'm not going to because we're running short on time. Um, <laughs> uh, tight ends. Kelsey Kittle Andrews, um, the big name that is missing there is Darren Waller. Cock- oh, okay. Cock- Were you going to say the the? <laughs> Sorry, Brad. <laughs> I said it was Tom going to say it was Colin going to say Tommy Tremble. No, he said Colcomer. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I forgot he moved on with his tight end love. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take him long. Um, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you want to make your links to Daniel Jones now, or shall we move on? Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Jones, the great receiver. He played basketball at high school, right? <laughs> Uh, may, might have done. I'll go. I'll go with it. Daniel Jones, uh, wonderful, wonderful offensive uh, ability player. Needs all the awards. Tom, you continue to take this in a completely different direction than I intended, <laughs> or, uh, or vice versa. In this case, it's absolutely fine. Um, the O line, I kind of unplanned have a tackle, a guard, and a centre. Um. The centre is Corey Lindsley of the Chargers. Guard is Joel Batonio. Um, and tackle is uh, Williams of the 49ers. I think they are largely just the standout guys. Um, just so is... we're clear, Tom. Yep. Uh, Madden does not give a flying fuck about these positions. No, so no I know. None of um, these abilities apply to offensive line, unfortunately. <laughs> sure. Um, there is obviously um, Quentin Nelson, who doesn't make this list. Um, but again, that's that's kind of purely off of I wanted to keep to twenty five names and go from there. Um, offense, you, you guys want to shout out any offensive linemen? Um, Creed Humphries. <laughs> uh, yeah, Daniel Jones didn't want a guy that was coming uh, out of a rookie year was the reason for no Creed. I get that, uh, but but yeah, I, I, you'll probably reject for the same reason. But uh, Quinn Mirrors as well. Quinn Quinn Qu- Miners was that. Yeah, that's oh. what I said. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely what no, we it's not. It's definitely not what you said. Yeah, Quinn Miners, 100% though. I, uh, I agree with it. A defensive line, um, and I'm sure you'll have absolutely no issues with this whatsoever. Um, Aaron Donald and Cameron. How dare you? Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Simmons, please, over Cam. Over not Hayward. over Cam Hayward, stop it. Stop overrated, it. they He's say. Overrated, right. It goes Donald Simmons on Wuzurike, <laughs> uh, Leonard Williams, and then Cam Hayward. And Con- 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 Forrest Buckner in there as well. Then- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of defensive tackles that could go in this, um, but I mean Hayward's production over the last like four or five years is unparalleled other than Aaron Donald the top five rated defensive player to ever have lived it's unparalleled except from the guy who does better than him yeah well it, I mean again who is a top five NFL defensive player it's unparalleled except from him being the second best defensive player on the line for the Steelers <laughs> on the line no he's the best player on the line for the Steelers what TJ what right doesn't play on the yeah. line he's an edge uh, edge. It's technically on that. That brings me to Edge. Just... Um, <laughs> three guys. Can you name them? Max. TJ Watt. I bet he's number one. Max Crosby, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And knowing Tom, Cleland Farrell. Uh, what about <laughs> Trey Hendrickson? Can't uh, ignore his love for Trey Hendrickson. You got two out of yeah, three. You, you guys forgot my love of Miles Garrett through like 13 weeks of last season, where I was saying he should be the defensive player of the year. I don't know. I mean, you did spend a few years calling him uh, a liar. Defending, yeah, defending Mason Rudolph to the hilt. So yeah, it doesn't mean he can't. Apologies, play <laughs> apologies that we forgot that you liked Miles Garrett. If, if there's one thing I could generally do, it's separate play from emotion. Just see Jonathan Abrams. 
<laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, and you only really turned the corner on Miles Garrett when you realised Mason Rudolph was shit. So... <laughs> oh, I, I realised Mason Rudolph was shit a long time ago. <laughs> it, it was the season he was beaten out by Devlin Hodges that really solidified that. <laughs> um, linebackers was, was a, a bit of a weird one. Um, again, I, I, I've gone against a cult who is generally considered to be the best player at this position in terms of Darius Leonard. Um, in comes the only player um, that was a rookie last year, Micah Parsons. Um, I've put him as linebacker despite the fact he played edge most of last year because I imagine that's where he will end up. Um, Devondre Campbell of the Packers and uh, Fred Warner of the 49ers are the three that kind of round out that list, but you could quite easily put Darius Leonard in there as well. Yeah, just to get in on the ability to the defensive side, there is stuff like bottleneck, uh, momentum shift, uh, fear monger, uh, and run stuffer um, all of these things apply to Daniel Jones as well uh, he will bottleneck the offense I am scared when he tries to throw it uh, further than 10 yards uh, he will create interceptions with momentum shift and uh, run stuffer as Colin pointed out earlier he will tackle himself <laughs> to avoid a touchdown um, corners um, I have Denzel Ward JC Jackson and Jalen Ramsey um, a lot of other guys that could kind of go into this conversation as well, but JC Jackson. James Bradbury. <laughs> JC Jackson was obscene last year. Um, Denzel Ward is just the next kind of Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Ramsey is still just very, very good. Yeah, not 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 better than T Higgins though, is he? <laughs> T Higgins is someone I forgot the wide receiver side. <laughs> I don't think we can include Higgins as an X-Factor wide receiver. Very good, but again... We absolutely can. Man scored two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, which brings us up to uh, safety. I only have one safety listed, um, and that's Kevin Bayard of the Titans, who has slowly over the last two, two and a half years just become the premium ball hawk in safety in the NFL. I think he led the league in interceptions in 2020, but because he plays for the Titans, it's just one of those teams that doesn't really get any love. Um, you know, if it's not Derek Henry running over everyone, that team just doesn't get play. Um, so yeah, that, there are a lot of other safeties. The defensive back in general was a, was a list where like you could quite easily put twelve names down and everyone would go, yeah, like they're they're really good. So I just tried to narrow it down to, to kind of one. You, you could put twelve names down and not one of them will be on the Forty ers Well said. Although I must commend you, Tom, for showing some restraint and not putting F- Minka Fitzpatrick in this position. As you well. can't. You can't after last year. The D the D don't play run defense for the whole year. Like you. You know, that's just not not gonna not gonna play any sort of music for for kind of the general public. However, the keen-eyed or eared listener will notice that I've only listed twenty-four out of twenty-five players. Who could be my twenty-fifth superstar X Factor, Brad? Is it you, the fan? <laughs> no, it is not. Wonderful one. marketing, though. EA, take notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I believe that this could be uh, perhaps the the greatest kicker of all time. Uh, this is Justin Tucker. Of course, it's Justin seriousness. Tucker. Like it, it has to be you Justin said that Tucker. Right. I want. I would love it if if Madden like just turned around and gave him like the ability to like kick sixty yarders if he was in the zone. Yeah, like, like one hundred and five yards, one hundred and five kick power rather than the 
standard 99 that it caps out at. Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing and deserving, but they're never going to do it because, they, and they again, also... let's be honest, who in the fucking hell on Madden kicks field goals? <laughs> They should also add like a little uh, Popeye animation to him, like you know he's like he's just kind of, you know eating some spinach. You just see like this leg muscle, you know, jump out. <laughs> Sounds like just the music starts playing as well. Yeah. If there was an NFL, if there was an NFL street, do you think they would include kickers? Yeah, but how kickers on that game? They were not. Unfortunately. Oh uh, boy! Right, does that wrap us up with us taking two wildly different approaches to this? <laughs> yeah. If there was anything more indicative of the Amic is good off season, I don't know it because that was pretty prime <laughs> us. Uh, but no, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the And the Kick is Good podcast. Um, please follow us on Twitter at the Kick is Up. Uh, but from me, until next week, it's goodbye. From me, it's Daniel Jones. From me, I love you.